Kedeshir is Lul Nishmat, the Tano Ben Shimon, that's Eli's late brother, Alava Shalom. Please God, it should be a schut for him and uh, and Leah for his neshama. Um, so uh, we said that the Mishnah said that a person that uh, that if you read the Shema Lemafreya, meaning you read it in the wrong order, so uh, you have to repeat it. So this is what this little piece of Gomorrah is about. Um, a person who reads Shema. Uh, in the wrong order or you know out of order he hasn't fulfilled his obligation so it says rabbi ami rabbi asi havuka katrin lay ganana um rabbi ami rabbi asi they were setting up the canopy le rabbi lazar for the wedding of rabbi lazar now listen to this how rabbi lazar spends his time waiting for his friends his colleagues i guess to set up his canopy. I was interesting because he seems to be already a rabbi now and he's getting married. So I don't know if it's his first marriage or his second or whatever, but uh, we'll see another case um, where a rabbi gets married. Um, While I'm waiting for this canopy to be put up, let me go and I'll waste my time and I can go and listen to some words in the Beit Midrash. Va'eti va'ema lechu azal um and what did he do um sorry va'eti um so he uh so he went um uh, and then in the meantime he said I'll go and hear something from the house and I'll come and tell it to you va'ema lechu azal ashkechay letana he went and found this person who teaches brightot. The Ketani, Kamei de Rabbi Yochanan, who was teaching, who was telling over these bright thoughts uh, before Rabbi Yochanan. Kar, and this is what it said. Kara v'ta'a, if you read and you make a mistake, v'aino yodaya laheikan ta'a, and you don't know uh, where you made a mistake, meaning you can't remember where you were in the Shema. Uh, so basically, if you don't know at all, you have to return to the beginning of the Shema. Um, because that you know for sure, if you're unsure of what you've said, and you might have said the second part before the first part, then go to the beginning of the Shema and you find. But, If you find out that you're in the, you realize, hold on a second, I'm in the middle of a Perek, so I can't remember um, where I am, in the Perek, go back, to the beginning of that parak, meaning if it's the first paragraph, the second paragraph, or the third paragraph, if you don't remember where you were and you lost track, then go back to the beginning of that chapter, of that piece, paragraph of the Shema. Bain parak le What if you 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 just finished the one parak, you can't remember, you you're about to start the third or the whichever parak, and you think, hold on a second, did I just say it? Did I say it correctly? But you you now in the middle of the prakim. In, in, in between the prakim. So it says, um, You must go to the first parak. Meaning, if you can't remember, uh, if you have just finished the third, or just finished the second, or you said the third before the second, go back to the end of the first and say the second. Um, uh, if you are not sure if you said 
You know, there's two times in the Shema, it says, Uchatavtam, Amuzuzah Petech Vishrech, for example. So if you, you don't know which one you just said, was it the first one or was it the second one? So you're not sure if you said the first paragraph and you're near the end of the second paragraph or you're actually near the end of the first paragraph and you haven't started the second paragraph. So it says, You must go to the first Ketiva because uh, you, you know, at least there you'll repeat it and you'll at least say it in case you didn't say the second Ketiva. You got it. Bottom line is, is you, the halacha is, is that if you, wherever you remember saying until correctly, that's what you go back until. If you're unsure of what you said, you go back until uh, you, you safely can say that when you go back, you cover what you might have mistakenly not said. And that's basically the rule. Uh, but Rabbi Yochanan responds, now remember, this Tan is teaching before Rabbi Yochanan. Amalei Rabbi Yochanan, lo shanu, ele shelo patach, velemain yibu yameichem, vimevenechem, aladamai, etc. So that line, lemain yibu yameichem, is at the end of the second paragraph. So Rabbi Yochanan says, if you know that lo shanu, this is only taught until you, until you didn't open up with lemain yibu yameichem. But once you know for sure you've said, then you can be sure that you've said that. Um, um, so Rashi has a different Rashi's interpretation of this. But if you actually did say the words you've, you've got a habit in your hand, you've already held the habit, uh, um, and therefore you, uh, you can be sure that you you've said you've said the what's before lemanu buyamechem. So basically, um, uh, Rashi explains that if you um, if you know that you've said the third paragraph correctly, then you've definitely said that correctly because um, um, it seemed that people were more uh, fluent in saying the third paragraph. But the first and second paragraphs, that's where people would make mistakes. So if you've reached um, then you know for sure the next part uh, you, you would have said fluently, it's that the part before it you may not have said it. So the, I think it's the Ritva, the Rashba. His interpretation is slightly different. He says, remember Uchatavtam. We just finished with Uchatavtam. If you're not sure which Uchatavtam you said, did it, was it the first one or the second one? So we said that which, if you can't remember, you go back to the first one. So what uh, Rabbi Yochanan is saying is that as long uh, if you didn't say but if you said then you definitely did say of the second one and then you don't have to go back to the first one or the second one because because if you reach it means that you've got a habit in your in your hand and you've definitely said the second paragraph um, uh, and and Mistoma, you've said the first paragraph as well. Okay, so I, I like that interpretation. Uh, so then Rabbi Lazar came and told the different teachings that he heard in the Beit Midrash to Rav Ami and Rav Asi. They said to him, If it was, you know, it was enough for us to come into your canopy 
and for you to go to the Beit Midrash just for us to hear that. That would have been enough, meaning it was such a good Torah and so practical. Okay, so that ends off the Mishnah, which, which discussed about saying Shema aloud. Does it have to be audible or not? Do you have to say the words uh, exactly in its right uh, pronunciation or not? Um, and there we, we paskened in the Gemara that if you, even you should say it aloud and you should say it exactly, but if you didn't, you still Yotzai. But the last part is that if you do say it in the wrong order, then you're not Yotzai. And we discussed the different options in the middle of the Shema, where that could happen and where you have to go back to. Okay, now we've got a new Mishnah. Ha'umanim korin baroisha ilan. The Umanim, which are like artisans, they, uh, they actually, you would understand them as like almost stone workers, craftsmen. So ha'umanim korin baroisha ilan, ubaroisha nidbach. Um, these workers, and somebody else is a girsa of poalim, they, the umanim and the poalim, the workers and the craftsmen. So these workers, they can read Shema at the top of a tree uh, and or the top of a, of a wall that they're busy putting together. But they can't daven at the top of a tree or at the top of a wall. Now, this Mishnah is absolutely fascinating because what it basically shows you is that when you're dealing with somebody else's money, you have to be particularly careful. And if you are working for them, the Torah with the rabbis gave you guidelines of what you are obligated to do or rather what the, your boss is obligated to let you do and you have to do it, but if you do more than that, then it could be considered stealing. Um, uh, so, in the Mishnah m- mentions that you can say Shema, and we'll see it's actually the first line of the Shema. Um, you say Shema um, at the top of a tree or the top of a wall, because that takes quickly to do, and all you need, you need special kavona for a short amount of time. But you're not allowed to go down the tree or go down the wall in order to say Shema or to say uh, the full Shema. We'll see the Gemara will discuss this. But for davening, you have to go down the tree or down the wall and daven. Why? Because davening is where you ask God for compassion. And it's a, much, it's a bit longer and it's a lot more meaningful in the sense of it's like it's something you really have to pay attention to. And you, if you, you wouldn't be able to do that if you're balancing on a roof or a wall or a tree. And therefore you won't have proper kavona. So interestingly, even though Shema is midoraita, the level of kavona one has in the Shema might be less than one has in tefillah. And therefore you can say Shema in a tree or a, or a wall, whereas you can't daven up a tree or wall. Chatan, a chatan, a groom, potter mikriyat Shema, laila rishoina, um, a Chatan uh, who's getting married to a virgin, he's exempt from saying Kriyat Shema both actually at night and in the morning um, from, uh, from when he gets married until Moitze Shabbos. Im lo asamase, until he's done the act of uh, relations. V- um, v- so what that means is that um, uh, he... he um, 
they used to get married on Wednesday. And therefore, he's got Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night to be intimate with his wife. Um, with his wife. And uh, therefore, he's told B'mitzvah. I think we've discussed this. Um, he's told B'mitzvah. Um, it's his first time with this woman. And therefore, he's exempt from the mitzvah of Shema until he's done the act. So he's got from Wednesday until Saturday night. But once he's done the act, then he has to... Uh, then he's back to saying Shema. Um, Im lo asamase umase b'Rabban Gamliel, and it happened with Rabban Gamliel. Shenasa isha, he married a woman. Now again, he was Rabban Gamliel at this point. It seems that he married a woman. Vakara Laila Rishoyna, and he read Shema that night, the night that he was a, he was going, he married that virgin. Um, Amrulo Talmidav, and his students said to him, Lamadatainu Rabbeinu Shechatan Patumikriyshma. Haven't you taught us that a chatan is exempt from Kriyachma? Amar lahem, Raman Gamliel said, Aini shomea lachem. I should not listen to you, levatel hemeni machut shamayim. To nullify from me, uh, accepting the yoke of heaven. Afiru achat, even for one moment. Meaning, um, I'd, uh, I'm, and Tosfot explains that this isn't an argument, this isn't a contradiction. Right. says, This isn't a, a case to contradict the Mishnah. is teaching us that if you if uh, if you are a great person, and you trust in yourself, that you can have intention to say Shema properly, um, you are able to accept, if you are able to accept the Shema properly, then you are allowed to, even though you're a Chatan. And that's what Raman Gamliel is saying, that true, that is the Halakha, but I am able to, to have proper Kavona, even though it's uh, the night of my wedding. Um, um, by the way, today, we don't really hold that you're exempt. You are technically exempt on the night of the wedding, but beyond that, you're not because unfortunately our kavon is on a low level anyway. Okay, so it says like this, Gomorrah, Tanra Bon and our rabbis told that teach Ha'umanim Korin Barosha Ilan, craftsmen say Shema at the top of a tree, Barosha Nidbach on top of a wall, Umit Palim Barosha Zayit, and they are allowed to daven at the top of an olive tree, Barosha Teina, or the top of a fig tree. Why are those trees different? Why are those trees different? Usha'ar kolilonot yodim lamata umit palalim, and other trees which are not don't have as much uh, branches and leaves. So there's two interpretations. One is, is because they've got like a, a olive tree or a fig tree, they've got a lot of branches and leaves, and therefore you feel sturdy by davening on top of such a tree. You don't have, you will have kavana. Or another opinion says. Because it's got so many branches and trees, it's going to be too much worry and tircha to go down. It's going to take too long. And in that case, you need to uh, try daven on top of the tree. So two like almost opposing opinions. Um, but in those types of trees, you have to go down and daven. Um, and another case where you can go down and daven, Uvalabayit, Umitpalim, Uvalabayit, Bainkach, Ubainkach, Yored Lamata, Umitpalal, if you own the fields, you the balabais, then you have to go down from the tree 
and uh, and daven lefisha ain and the reason why you don't uh, you don't daven on top of such trees is because uh, your mind isn't calm in such a way and therefore a bala it he because he owns the work and he's you not being paid by him he's his own boss therefore he is obligated to take off a bit of time and daven properly um uh, but you yourself if you're working for him then you have to be very careful with with the money he pays you and therefore you're not even allowed you're not allowed to say you have to say shema up on the tree and depending on the top of tree you either daven at the top or you come down um, Sorry, guys. Um, so, um, Rami lay. So that now we've got a bit of a contradiction. Rami lay Rav Mari bara the Bachmuel. Um, Rav Mari uh, brought a contradiction. Uh, so, so it's the Bachmuel. So, what's this? What's he called here? So, Rami lay Rav Mari. Rav Mari brought a contradiction. Who was Rav Mari? Um, the, the, he was the son of the daughter of Shmuel, Lerova. He brought a contradiction to, to him. Now, what's going on here, guys? It's a fascinating story. I don't know the exact story, but why does it refer to him as the son of the daughter of Shmuel? So once uh, Shmuel's daughter, Rachel, Ma- Rav Mari's called also uh, Bar-Rachel, um, uh, and... Uh, he, his daughter, Shmuel's daughter, Rachel, was abducted and kidnapped. And, uh, and out of that, she had a child called Mari, who became a Rav. Um, and uh, he, it was a non-Jewish kidnapper who actually eventually converted. Um, and that's why it refers not to his, her, his father's name, who was this non-Jewish abductor, but rather refers to his grandfather or his mother, um, who was Shmuel's daughter. So he brought this contradiction to Rova. And what does it say? Tnan ha'um, it says, Ha'umanim korim ilan, nidbach. That uh, you are, you must reach Shema at the top of a tree or at the top of a wall. Alma boy kavona. You see from here, if you can say Shema at the top of a tree or top of a wall, you don't need such a lot of kavona when you're saying Shema. Urmini, I've got a contradiction to this. Ha'koret Shema, chavenet libo. When you say Shema, you need to really direct your heart. Shnei Maraz, it says in the Pasuk, Shema Yisrael. The pa- our Pasuk, Shema Yisrael Hashem Lekan Hashem Echad. Ulahalanu Omer, and later it says, Haskai to Shema. Pay attention and listen, Yisrael. Shema Yisrael. What do you see from here? That how do you listen? You pay attention. You, you concentrate. Ma'alahalan bahaskait. Just as over here, where it says haskait ushma, pay attention and listen. Afkan bahaskait. So to hear when you say shma, you must pay attention. So we've got a contradiction here. Obviously, when you're saying the shma on top of a of a tree or on top of a of a wall, you are uh, you're you're uh, you you can't concentrate properly, and yet you have to you have to concentrate properly. Sorry about all the noise, guys. Ishtik, so Rav, so Rova, who Rav Mari brought this contradiction to, he, uh, he, he didn't have anything to say, he didn't have a response. Amalai midi shmiya lach baha. He said, Ava, so then Rava was silent. Then Rava said to him, have you heard anything about this? So Amalai hachi, 
Rav Mari said uh, to him like this: Amar Rav Sheishet, v'hu shem b'teilim mimelachtam v'koyrin. What must they do? What does it mean that they need to say the Shema from up top of a tree? They have to stop, and it doesn't mean the Havamina of Rav Mari was that they can keep on working while they're at the top of the tree. But that's not what it actually means. It means for that moment when they need to say Shema, then they need to stop working and say Shema. The first, we'll see, it's actually the first line of the Shema um, and maybe the first paragraph of the Shema um, and then, uh, then even the second paragraph they can continue working. But they do have to stop. And that's, why, that's what Haskei to Shema, meaning... You're able to have that kavona while on top of a tree, but you do have to stop working um, nevertheless. So it says like this, Vahatanya, but hold on a second, it says in a brighter, Beit Hillel Oimrim, Beit Hillel says, Oiskim um, b'malachtam uh, you, you deal with your work and you read, meaning it sounds like you, while you're working, you read and say the Shema. Um, look, so it sounds like you, you can say the Shema while you're working. So, lo kasha, no, this isn't a contradiction. Ha b'perek rishon, ha b'perek shayni. Where it says that you can work while you read is the second paragraph of the Shema. But when it comes to stopping to work, that's where you have to, that's during the first paragraph of the Shema, and we actually hold um, that it's the, the first line of the Shema. The riff actually says, that the real kavona, that's ma'akev, the, the part where we have to have kavona is for the first line, but even during the first paragraph where you don't have to have as much kavona, but it's not fitting that you should work at the same time. So you see the difference. The first line, have deep kavona of what you're doing. The first paragraph, don't work, don't do anything while you're reading it, but the kavona doesn't have to be as intense. And the second paragraph, you can actually do work while you're reading it, obviously, if you can avoid it, don't. Uh, rather don't. And a, a, one of the achroinim, I think, learns from here that you see from this that the second paragraph is actually a dindarabonin. So I haven't looked into that discussion, but from here you see that it definitely seems to be on a lower level than the first paragraph of the Shema. Tanurabolin. The rabbis taught. Hapolim shayu oisim malacha eitzo balabait. Workers that are doing work by balabait. Korin Kriyat Shema, this is what they allow to do. They re-Kriyat Shema, Umevarchin Lefaneh Ulacharea. And they can even do the brochas of Shema before and after. Ve'oichlin Pitan, and they eat bread, Umevarchin Lefaneh Ulacharea. And they can say Amotzi before, and they can bench after. Umitpalalim Tfilah Shel Shemona Esrei. And they even daven the whole of the Shemona Esrei. Aval Ein Yodim Lefnei Ateva, but they're not allowed to lead the davening, because that will take too long. Um, and they're not allowed to go and do spirit um, because that also will take too long. So you see from here, Raman Gamliel holds, um, or th- this opinion holds, that um, you actually, halakhically, are allowed to do quite a bit. Um, your boss should allow you to do quite a bit. But the Gemara says, It says that uh, there's a bride that says, you should daven ma'ein yudchet. You shouldn't daven the full amida. You should daven a shortened form of amida, which is called v'tadiyenu, I think it is. Which is the first three brochas, the last three brochas, and the middle, 13, I think it is, are, uh, are put into one. And that's what you should do. So according to here, it's a bit of a contradiction. 
So I'm a Rav Sheishes. Rav Sheishes is lo kasha. Ha Rav Gamliel, ha Rav Yeshua. The one opinion where you, the one opinion where you, the one opinion where you um, uh, can say a shortened form, that's Rav Gamliel. The other case is Rav Sheishet, which says you have to say the whole thing. Okay. Um, uh, we'll have to continue next week because you guys need to get to Mincha probably. Um, uh, but uh, well not next week on Tuesday. But uh, we are a little bit in the middle of a sugya. But please God, we're near the end. It's just a few lines down. I um, mean, we'll finish that on Tuesday and get on to the next Amud as well. Okay, guys. Um, uh, apparently, um, B'nai needs one uh, for a minion, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so...